0: Here we go! What's up, y'all? I am Chris Chouse, and this is Straight Chubb, the Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by the Fantasy Headliners. Welcome back to the show. We got a treat tonight, man. Not only do we got Chris in the house, we got the man Jake Huffman in the house. What's going on,
1: fellas? You know, it, it, it's, it's been a while since I came here, so I was like, you know what? Chris invited me earlier. I needed an invite these days because it's just getting so big, but I, I took him up
2: on the invite because, you know what, I, I want to have some fun, too. The last time that we... The last time that you and Kyle were on the show, actually, it was a quick little cameo. You just kind of, you popped in, hung out for a few minutes and then dipped out. So it's nice that we get you for a full show and it, it, it's sometime soon, sooner rather than later, we will have the four horsemen back. We will have all four of us on one pod and it's going to be glorious.
1: Uh, Chris, at, at my age, sometimes some of the only things you can do is just dip in and then have to bounce. You know what I mean? I, I couldn't stay for long.
2: Just a tip yeah. and
0: sometimes just a tip. <laughs> I didn't say that. No. But it is free agency frenzy or what we call now New England Patriot Day, for God's sakes.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, what is
0: going on here with these patriots today?
2: It is absolute pandemonium. That's what it is. It is. And I, you've, you've seen this word plastered all over Twitter and social media about how uncharacteristic this offseason has been so far for the New England Patriots, especially the beginning of, of Monday morning throughout Tuesday evening, just nonstop action for the most part. And it's not the fa- one thing that, that's interesting to me is obviously the amount of money that they're, they're spending. I mean, they've they spent over what 230, 240 million dollars over the last you know, 36-48 hours, mm-hmm. but it's how they're addressing. Certain voids on the offensive side of the ball. The the defensive side of I'm fine with what they've been doing, but it's on the offensive side of the ball where they have never historically shelled out any kind of money really for not only free agents, but even in you know, re signing their own players. You don't see them spend a a ton of cash. And and this year it's it's like Oprah, you know, you get a four-year deal, you get a four-year deal, everybody gets a four-year deal. And there's been a lot of flack from people on, on Twitter. And I, I understand that, you know, nobody liked the Patriots when they were winning had the the one down year this past season. And then they start making moves and people start hyping them up and other, other folks are not really too keen about that. So they like to bring them down a bit. And I think it's a little bit too early to say whether these moves are going to work out or not. Only time will tell, but I do not think that they are done. I think that they are still going to be making moves up until the draft.
1: Well, uh, I know what, what what Chris's take is here, being a diehard Bills fan. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: and I will say this: the the Patriots are better now than they were last year, yep. but they're still meh to me. Like they mm-hmm. they went out and they got a bunch of second tier players, which I'm not knocking the Kendrick Bournes. They're town. Talent- I like Kendrick Bourne, I really do. But uh, Nelson Aguilar, and then you're gonna pair him with Jacoby Myers, and how old is Julian Edelman now? It just seems like it's like a bunch of, and we'll see what we can do. I mean, we already know Cam can't go down the field deep consistently, so they're going to have to keep the short routes. And if the offensive line continues to dwindle away, he's not going to have time to let routes develop down the field anyway. So they're trying to get him a bunch of guys that can hopefully get the ball in space and do something with it. I just don't know if without that alpha there, there's still not an identity on this offense, and it's still going to be a huge question mark going forward. They'll be better but I'm not ready to crown them. It's, it's still Buffalo's division.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm with that. I mean, the Matt Judon signing, the defensive signings were good. Yeah. I mean, even even when we talk about Hunter Henry and, and John U. Smith, those are good signings. And okay, you know, fantasy community wise, everyone's up in arms already saying, you know, now both these players on the same offense. Now it's going to take away from the fantasy production. And I had to go out on Twitter and be because we're we're of the same opinion with with a lot of these uh, upper echelons to elite talents. You can coexist in an offense. So that does not scare me whatsoever. We saw it with Gronk. We saw it with Hernandez back with Tom Brady. Yes, it is Tom Brady being the, the catalyst of what made that go forward. I'm not ready to say no to cam Newton just yet, because what they're doing in my opinion is they're actually tailoring this offense to be around him. He, like you said, he can't go deep anymore. I have been saying that too. I mean, I think that shoulder is just completely done. Um, But when it comes to the, the mid range, the short passes, I think that cam still can do this. And now with the, with the two tight ends, you bring in the Aguilar, you bring in the borns, you still have the Edelman. That's that's all short pass game nickel and dime down the field right up Josh McDaniels alley. So I mean from that perspective, I I don't dislike it because they will be better. But what what is it nine and seven nine and seven better, Chris?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the the fact that they that they still won seven games with the team that they had last year. You know, you had Dont'a Hightower out with uh, opting out for COVID. Patrick Chung the same way. Um, A just an absolute disaster situation at wide receiver, especially after Julian Edelman went down with the season ending injury, you know, running back was a little bit, you know, was, was iffy. So I do think with the moves that they've made so far, um, you know, they, they made a trade to acquire Trent Brown, who started his career with the Patriots. So that helps solidify that offensive line a little bit more, you know, especially after losing uh, both David Andrews and Joe Tooney, you know, who Joe Tooney's now with, with the chiefs. And on the defensive side of the ball, what I really did like was the Devon Godshot signing at D tackle last year. The Patriots were one of the worst teams in the league against the run, probably what bottom seven, bottom eight in the league. And I believe it was 2019 is when I think it was when God's actually led the league in run stops. So he helps really kind of beef up that interior defensive line. They go ahead and they get Matt Judon who will fit perfectly in bill Belichick's scheme. And, The Jalen Mills signing, I personally didn't understand it. Um, I think they did it mostly just for depth. And Jalen Mills, one thing I can say about him is that he plays all over the field. You know, you can put him at at safety, you can put him at at cornerback, he can blitz as a linebacker if you wanted to. Like he, he's very versatile. He's just. I just, I'm just i not a big fan of any secondary player coming from Philadelphia because they've just been historically terrible at that position. So that's a little bit of a, of a question mark for me. But yeah, the, the other signings, I'm, I'm more than okay with. For me, I think it's all about scheme and it's all about depth.
1: And I think when you look at it and you're trying to say, hey, they're, they're, they saw what the lack of weapons was last year and now they're kind of overcompensating. But yeah, look at what Cam did last year. I mean, he started 15 games and only had 368 pass attempts. That's only an average of 24 pass attempts a game. It's not like you have guys out there who are going to all of a sudden go out and be fantasy relevant on a weekly basis. And I don't care who it is. They're just not going to throw the ball enough. We know Cam's going to call his own number inside the five. We know Cam's probably going to call his own number outside the five. You know what I mean? There's going to be a yeah. lot of that going on. And as far as fantasy football goes, even though there's a lot more weapons there, and I know we love the Johnnie Smiths and the Hunter Henrys, I'm not – overly excited to have anybody in new england once again it used to be with brady whoever goes to new england that was like the hot commodity for the week right if they had to pick up if they had to bring in a jacoby myers or whatever it was he was a top waiver wire ad because he's playing with tom brady it doesn't work that way with cam newton in my opinion and yeah they'll still be a little bit better but honestly i think belichick saw last year uh that he couldn't do it without brady and now he's I put it on Twitter earlier. It's like they're an ex-couple trying to outdo each other on social media at this point because, I you know, you hear rumors of Leonard Fournette being available, going to New England. Next thing you know, James White's available, and now he's he's rumored to go to Tampa Bay. It's like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, this is it's obvious at this point, and it'll be interesting to see this year, but I, I'm not all of a sudden going to say that the Patriots are climbing up to the top of that division. Heck, I still like Miami a lot and they still have a lot of room to make some improvements there mm-hmm.
2: yeah and i'm I'm as a i'll be the first one to say like i'm not going to go out and say that the patriots are quote unquote back okay they're they still have a long way to go they still have a lot of people prove. are and and i think that they are they're a little bit out of their gourd you know at, at this point um what the hell's a gourd they're out of their mind they're out of their melon okay gourd. you know they're just
0: definitely the maybe broken? maybe
2: maybe it's a boston thing you're you're out of your gourd kid Yadio can you gourd. tell me where that's located on the human body from the neck up is a gourd really yeah so oh. it's like your, your your dome piece i'm just taking,
0: i'm taking yeah. notes for future reference yeah, exactly uh, yeah we've I've, I've got like, our own we
2: have our own like dictionary up north um <laughs> but i but i will say that you know so for those people they need to pump the brakes like the patriots are not are not back because yeah on paper they look they look good they look much better than they did last year like you said earlier jake but they haven't done anything on the field yet. And the one thing that kind of has irked me is that, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, it, it was all Brady, you know, it wasn't Belichick and, and I don't, honestly don't think one wins without, without the other, you know, Brady had a, a pro bowl offense with him in Tampa Bay, you know, and they were able to get it done that way. You give Tom Brady the, the team that cam had this past season and you have Arians as the head coach. I don't. I personally don't think they win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that while while Belichick, I don't think it's true that Belichick can't win without Brady. I do believe that Belichick cannot win with Cam. I do think that it's going to take another quarterback to do so, and that's why I I really do think. And again, it's uncharacteristic, you know, of the Patriots to do this. But I do think that they make a move for the draft and they move up from number fifteen to try to get into that top ten. To go after a justin fields or mac jones to try to find that franchise quarterback who will take over at some point throughout the season from cam newton who i i I do think he's just a bridge quarterback and that's just me kind of prophesizing and and you know theoretical speak but i think that's i think that's their their long-term plan right now
0: so this is where i see your patriots actually being competitive and having success is if they do get that run game going so if you do bring in Leonard Fournette, you have uh, Harris there, you have Sony there. Fine, Sony, I'm not, I'm not too keen on anymore. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Cam needs to have an offense completely dedicated on the ground and then the short passes. So where we see the fantasy value in the Hunter Henrys and Johnny Smiths is going to be in that red zone. You said he's going to take the Cam's going to take the the carries. He will, and, and there's no question about it. But those those play action passes to the tight ends now comes into play. Um, it's going to be the nickel and dime approach all the way down the field. And then you're going to have to play solid defense. And with all the opt-outs you're going to get back, this defense will be much better than what it was last season as well. So as long as this run game and the defense can carry this club, they will be more competitive than they were last year. But again, in this division that is on the rise, I mean, the bills right now to me have all the pressure on them to repeat where they were. So, I mean, yeah. if they don't improve their roster, I'm sitting here begging for moves. I want I want more moves on that defense. Give me some speed. I want, we, we had problems. My, my, my issue is here with the Bills is that they needed to, they understand what they need to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and right now they're not currently doing it, but I mean, there's still lots of time to do something, but when it comes to this division, I still think it's the Bills. Miami will be a very tough beat for the New England Patriots right now, but if they do get Mac Jones, then I think a lot of things do change, like you're saying. I, I like Mac Jones in this offense with Bill Belichick I think it would change a lot and it would make them a
2: lot more uh dynamic and balanced I do want to quickly say um don't don't be so hard on yourself you know with the bills you guys went out and you guys got yourself a punter today okay so just oh. you guys you guys are doing just fine
0: and a special team linebacker man we're that's going to take us over the top
2: he's a good punter though yeah he's a great punter <laughs> he's, a, but he's, he's a still team. a punter
0: <laughs> he's a lefty too I mean that counts for points right i mean if you're, if, you're, if
2: you're belichick yeah belichick actually prefers you know left-footed punters because of the way that the ball rotates so that's like a weird fetish that nobody wants to know about maybe maybe rex ryan with the whole foot thing you never know <laughs>
1: hey i wouldn't rule out either while we're talking about quarterbacks in new england i still wouldn't rule out. i do i would not hate and this sounds i'm almost i may gag when i say this just preface this i wouldn't hate sam darnold getting traded new and new to new england i think sam darnold's gotten a a sore deal and in the right situation could really benefit from it. And this one's really going to throw people for a loop, but I said it earlier in our chat as, as a joke, but the more I thought about it, I don't hate it either. I don't hate Mitch Trubisky that much. And I think that he could be a lot better in that system.
2: And, I would prefer Trubisky over, over Darnold actually exactly. I'd be fine with Trubisky. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, and it may not be something where you sign him, and all of a sudden, yes, the next 10 years are great, but you have a solid baseline of talent that you can build upon in that system and turn them into something it's not like brady was a first round pick either you know right. what i mean but right. can the future is going to be limited you know you don't have hardly any time what a year two maybe three tops you go out there and you make a move for sam Darnold or, or miss trubisky especially now for miss trubisky that it, it doesn't sound like he's going back to chicago so you know now that they have the red rifle uh in, in chicago cool. send trubisky to to new england i i don't hate that at all
2: i don't dislike yeah. that either No. And, and, you know, the way that the Patriots have been structuring these contracts with all these free agent signings is the three and the four year deals that these players have been getting, they're getting bare minimum money for the most part in this first year in 2021. And then 2022 through 2023 and 2024, that's when the bulk of that money comes in. Because as we, we talked about a little bit earlier in our, in our chat is I think that Bill is doing something very similar to what Jerry Jones did um, with with Dak Prescott is, you know, giving them all that money because they're banking on this new TV deal to really help boost the salary cap over the next few years. So they're fine, maybe, you know, overpaying these players because this, that that initial year is going to be for such little money. It opens up even more cap space for this season. Cause right now after all the money, the Patriots have spent, you know, long-term over these contracts, they still are within what 35 to $40 million in cap space left. So that's why I say that they're not done yet because I mean, there's, there's money burning a hole in bill Belichick's pocket right now. And he just wants to spend it, baby. Yeah.
0: The contract, the contracts they've been putting out have been absolutely fantastic, but let's dive into your Tom Brady love and go to Tampa Bay because they're another team that has been just going crazy already, resigning everybody. The band is back. The mm-hmm. boys are back in town everybody's back guys, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski. We had uh, Barrett come back. We had Levante come back. I mean, and this is all I I, team friendly deals. I can't say it any yeah. other way. They, they signed Absolutely. everything to stay with Tom Brady to make another run. And, and the way that you see the AFC building um, there is super clubs all over the AFC. The AFC is going to beat the hell out of each other for the entire season. Tom Brady, I mean, outside of green Bay, uh, the Rams, uh, whoever else, like it's, it's a, it's a short list in the NFC. I think Tom Brady and the, in the bucks have the upper hand once again.
2: Yeah. And, yeah. and with the, with the, the deals that they've been making to get these guys back, they still have like 10 or $12 million in cap space, to, you know, for, for this season. So, I mean, it's not like they, you know, they, they went out and they were just pinching pennies because they didn't have the cap space to do it. You know, these players wanted to come back and they wanted to go for, for round two. They want to try to go back to back. And I know that there are still some players that they're trying to, you know, lure back in Leonard Fournette is one and Dominican Sue is another one that they're a little bit iffy on whether or not he may come back. Uh, But, but the other key pieces, they were able to really, you know, just make, make the deals happen. And, and absolutely. I mean, Tampa Bay, of course, they're, they are head and shoulders, the, the front runners right now.
1: And, And this is where, the Brady Belichick argument can kind of be settled in my opinion Mm -hmm. of one being able to win without the other, because Bill himself maybe can't draw in the high profile free agents. People are going to go and take discounts at times to play with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. And that's why you see the super teams and the people restructuring deals and, and getting things done because they know That I mean, they didn't hit their stride to like, what, week 12, week 13 last year? And then all of a sudden, they became borderline unstoppable. Now that they have it figured out and the same crew is coming back, look at the division they're in. I mean, they basically have the NFC South wrapped up already. There's no more Drew Brees in New Orleans. What's that offense going to look like? Uh, Carolina, is Teddy B going to be a quarterback there? I mean, are they going to make a move for somebody? Is it going to be a rookie? What about what's going on there? Atlanta Falcons, they're just a hot mess. I mean, that that's their division again this year. I mean, that's going to be a cakewalk basically to get to the playoffs and I don't want to face them anywhere near the playoffs. And, no. and they're
0: going to get the buy too. That's how I can see this. They're yeah. going to get the first round buy in that, in that conference. And I, I, it's just incredible because when when tom brady left new england and went to tampa the 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 dynamic of that division and the conference looked a lot different and i was saying why would he want to go and play against all these top-notch quarterbacks now look at him man he's just brady's just a smart man he just knows
1: let me let me ask the the resident new england you know professional here did you ever see that type of tom brady after Super Bowls in New England, did you ever see him out partying, throwing trophies,
2: getting wasted, getting help? You, so I, I will say this, and I believe that was after his fourth or fifth Super Bowl win. Um, there, was a, there was a video of him at the, at, at the club getting down, dancing with his teammates, having a good old time. And you could tell that he was not 100% sober. Um, have, we, have I ever seen a frat boy style Tom Brady? stumbling out of stumbling out of a out of a out of a park throwing the lombardi from boat to boat absolutely not this is this is the real tom brady folks this is laid back love and life you know not having a care in the world tom brady because he's not concerned about what the patriot way may or may not be or what bill belichick or robert Kraft are gonna, are gonna say you know so yeah it's it's a completely different dynamic in in tampa bay with bruce arians i 100 percent agree there uh I mean, that's what's going to make them unbeatable.
1: Yeah, and is they're having fun. They've bought an in. They're not going to complain about practice because they know they're the top dog now, and they're going to have fun doing it. And with the likes of you know Gronk and all those other guys, it's it's going to be more fun week one this year. They didn't start having fun until the end of last season. They get to have that all year long, and with that offense really starts clicking. They're still talking about bringing Antonio Brown back. Even if they don't, does it really matter? Nope. I mean, I, I like Tyler Johnson. I think, yes. I think he's got a great opportunity in that offense if they don't bring back AB. So I'm not even worried about if they lose him. We're talking about a team losing Antonio Brown, who is still an elite wide receiver, not what he once was, and it won't even hurt them. Like They nope. won't even miss him, and that is scary.
0: I want Tyler Johnson to just explode. I want him to have that opportunity because I think he is that good. And, and and like you're saying, I mean, we, did we see really the takeover from Antonio Brown last season? I don't think we did. I, I, he had his moments, but yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't the old AB of, of Pittsburgh days. So you bring in a youthful Tyler Johnson with, and he was my comp with Juju style. I think, I think it's going to be fantastic in that offense.
2: Yeah, I love it. I, I'm, it. I'm excited for, for Tyler Johnson, what he can do. And I, I will say for his Development, I, I do kind of hope is as great as it would be for Tampa, Tampa Bay's offense to have Antonio Brown come back because he is still a great route runner. He's still a savvy veteran that, you know, can, can absolutely play at a, at a good level. Um, but I don't think that they really miss a beat if, you know, Tyler Johnson takes the spot of, of Antonio Brown. So, um, the other question there is just going to be, it's, you know, are they going to be able to get Leonard Fournette back? Are they, are they going to be able to shore up the middle of that defensive line with, you know, maybe bringing in back, maybe on another one-year deal or whatever the case may be there. So that's, that's a question there, but again, they have some money to spend still. So, and they can address those needs in the draft at the same time. Great
0: flipping gears. You mentioned Sam Darnold. I like Sam Darnold. I think he has also been given a raw deal. Adam yeah, Gay Adam Gase, Adam Gase. <laughs> look, look, he ruined Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill's just fine. Now in Tennessee, you know, he did the same thing. And everyone's saying that uh, Darnold sucks. And I, and I think that's a poor narrative. Give the guy a shot. Yes. The turnovers need to be cleaned up. But again, that is, that is through coaching and and understanding the systems and the defenses. The jets did some things to uh, this, the last couple of days, they got Corey Davis, they got Carl Lawson, and then they got Jared Davis. So Robert Salah is starting to build his defense they may keep CJ Mosley. I heard they're trying to shop him as well. But I mean, bringing in Corey Davis, does this keep Sam Darnold around? Or, or what are we thinking the Jets are going to do? Are they going to use the first, first pick on, or the second pick on an offensive lineman? Or are they going to go quarterback, like, say, Zach Wilson?
1: I mean, personally, I think if it's me taking over a new team, a team who has been struggling for years, Darnold is not his guy. You know, what I mean, and if 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 their guy is on the board there early, if it is a Zach Wilson, I think they go Zach Wilson and they just build from the from the ground floor up. But a lot of people forget that the only reason Adam Gase is relevant is because of Peyton Manning. And mm-hmm. a lot of people forget that, that it's like, oh, well, he's. Had great offenses in the past. No, he hasn't. He's had Peyton Manning, who just was a great offense, who was audibling and calling all the plays himself. And Gates got credit for it, turned it into head coaching jobs, and has sucked ever since. So uh, you can't just hold that against Sam Darnold. But I do think he deserves a, a better chance. Look at some of the options he's had in that offense over the past few years. A, nobody could stay healthy. And what do We, we got Jamison Crowder for him. Okay, cool. What else do we got? Rashad Perryman for a few games I mean come on I mean there's not Eugene anything Young Bell. yeah I mean that they never even gave the ball to so right. I mean there's just there's too many you know red flags that pop up that, that say it was more of a coaching issue than a quarterback and a talent issue but I would love to see Sam Darnold get an absolute chance if he does get one in new in New York and they do keep him there I still don't know if they have the weapons to make him look a lot better. I mean, Denzel Mims we like, but he's still super raw. I mean, he is a raw wide receiver. Corey Davis thrived end of last year, but the only reason that Corey Davis thrived is the defenses were putting extra men in the box to stop Derrick Henry, forcing one-on-one coverage on the outside, and A.J. Brown was taking the number one guy on the opposite side.
2: So Corey Davis wasn't
1: the number one guy. Is he going to be in New York? Possibly, and that scares me.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I completely agree. And and going back to your point, Jake, about you know with with Robert Sala in, in New York now, if if Darnold is not his guy, you know if he wants to come in and really make this his team, then Darnold's out. You know they they trade him, they they find a way to to, to get something back for him, and they go out and they draft Zach Wilson. You know which is 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 about as good of an option as you can as you can find out there right now. So. I'm completely right there with you. Uh, the Corey Davis signing. I like, I don't love Corey Davis as a true number one wide receiver. I do think that he's more of a complimentary receiver, um, but unfortunately they don't have a true alpha receiver there. You know, they have the Jameson Crowder. What happens with Chris Herndon? Can he stay healthy, you know, and be, and be an option for them at tight end? Probably not. Cause we haven't really seen much of that yet. I do like the Gerard Davis pickup at linebacker mm. quite a bit though. That gives them speed on the defensive side of the ball. I do think he still has some opportunities that he needs to work on, but as far as speed and athleticism, it, it gives them a a fighting chance, you know, especially against the run. So I, I do like that move for them. And of course, Marcus may is, you know, one of one of the better safeties in the league.
0: Yeah, and, and having loss in there too, coming off the mm-hmm. edge. If Mosley comes back, this defense wasn't bad. And we spoke about this before. They were good against the run last year. And, and that was without CJ Mosley. So I mean, if, if if all these guys come back, I mean this defense, at least you can and, and this kind of seems to be the trend for, for a team that is struggling with with finding a quarterback, a franchise quarterback that they like. You start building that defense, a.k.a. the Washington football team, a.k.a. the New York Giants. They're building these defenses to, to be the, the the side that carries these teams. But you know when this Corey Davis signing, do you know if, if this stays the same? So if, if they don't add really anything more, maybe a rookie here or there. I'm I'm back falling in love with Jamison Crowder, regardless of who mm-hmm. the quarterback is, because if Corey Davis is going to, and we love Crowder anyway with his PPR upside, but with Corey Davis now taking on the number one uh, defensive backs, I'm of the same opinion as you guys that I don't think Corey Davis can can handle that on a on a um, sixteen game slate. There's no way, and 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 I think it's going to be again the Jamison Crowder show uh, sucking up all the PPR points.
1: And I will gladly take that in, in a PPR offense. And he is the only person probably once again, that I would even consider from the jets as of right now, even if they do add a rookie, I, I don't know if they're going to add somebody that's going to have the potential year one. I mean, it's going to have to be something maybe two or three years down, the, down the road that you think about, but yeah, Jamison Crowder has probably been the only viable jet for a couple of years, but problem is he doesn't stay healthy either.
2: Mm, yeah. And also guys, let's keep in mind. And this one that we had talked about earlier was, one of the reasons why I think we haven't seen some of these big name free agents signed yet with teams, number one, it could be that one of them is just waiting for the first one to sign. And then you see the domino effect, you know, so that everyone is just trying to beat the other person's, you know, salary. Another thing is that tomorrow or sorry, when this comes out. So Wednesday, the 17th is the first day of the new league year. And that's when all these teams that are trying to shed cap space, that's when you're going to see all these, Contracts start to be restructured. You're going to see a ton of releases and cuts. And what we heard, you know, over the last week or two is that this offseason was going to be absolute, and I quote, carnage. And I think we're going to see a lot of that, you know, the second the the new league year starts. And that's when some of these teams that have had to shed cap space, you know, like whether it's the the Eagles, the Packers, the Giants, um, the Bears to an extent, you could see them starting to, you know, start throwing a little bit of extra money. It's these wide receivers, the team that we've been just we've been just talking about the New York Jets are currently number one in the NFL in available salary cap. And there are plenty of wide receivers still available. I think for me personally, I think Will Fuller makes a ton of sense. Um, again, the one thing that worries me is he's just another guy that can't stay healthy. Like the rest of the Jets receivers, um, but I do think that his skill set would be. I, I think he'd be a great fit there in New York. I I, I think Galladay is the easy pick there. Um, Juju, not so much, just because they do have uh, Jameson Crowder there in the slot. So I think Fuller or Galladay, someone that can be on the outside to really stretch the field and and be that playmaker, would be a phenomenal fit, especially for a potential incoming rookie.
0: See, and it's interesting, too, because the defense has been taking a lot of uh, of the pay so far. We haven't seen much offensive talent go to these teams via the free agent market. But that that that's kind of a tell for me as well on the, the defense in this upcoming draft that maybe and we saw how many of these guys being the rushers, the edge rushers and the outside yeah. linebackers. I think that this draft class, that's kind of a hint to say that this draft class isn't as elite talented as, as some wanted to suggest. And that's why they're paying it out. But then on the flip side, the receiving uh, options in this draft are so deep, that could also be the reason why a lot of these receivers aren't getting paid. I mean, look, we saw Marvin Jones. He took a low rent deal uh, to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, so, and I, and I like that move too. Let's jump mm-hmm. into that, man. Yeah, I
1: mean, I really want Kenny G. In in Jacksonville, that was my original choice to go there. Does that happen now? They've already gotten Marvin Jones. Eh, probably not, because I mean they already have DJ Chark. They have Lavisca Chenault They they have talent there already. They're you know going to be a I'm going to doing a quote unquote running back competition with James Robinson there in the backfield. We assume Trevor Lawrence is going to be there, but yeah. uh, I I do like the 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 move of bringing in Marvin Jones. I don't know if it's going to be enough to all of a sudden say that a Jacksonville Jaguar team with the number one overall pick and some of the most cap space to spend out of any team in all of football, if they're going to make that big of a jump so far, I mean, they're they're going to have to do a lot more Marvin Jones and a few pieces isn't going to put them over the hump and make them any more competitive. I don't believe as of just yet, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to help, but what are they going to do on the offensive line to, to help him there? Also, uh, if the guy's constantly running for his life, I mean, there's not very many options for them. I, I still need the need to make a few more moves, but I do like how they want to add to that offense.
0: And they're on the ground floor in Jacksonville. So, I mean, this is, it, it, when I see a foundational start to a build is, is what makes me excited for a young club. So if it is Trevor Lawrence, then you got Chark, you got Jones, you got Chanel, and then you got uh, the running back uh, James Robinson, the defense. So they signed uh, Shaquille Griffin from the Seahawks today as well. They, they traded for Brown, the defensive lineman from the New Orleans Saints, so now you got some tandems happening. You still you had uh, uh, Josh Allen on the line. Now you got a teaming him up with Brown. You had Miles Jack in the linebacker room with Schubert, and now you got Griffin now with this youngster Henderson. And I mean, this is now what you're starting to see as it's going to come together. So I mean, with all that money Jacksonville has I'm with you I don't think they spend the entire book on this free agent class just to, to have it wither away I think they're going to add incremental pieces and then and then watch their draft kind of explode and then and then we'll see maybe next year in the following season so even with the Trevor Lawrence I think the offense could definitely go uptick for fantasy value for even their value but when it comes to the team being competitive they're they're at least a minimum three years four years out
2: yeah, I think so. For me, with with Jacksonville, and this is something that I would like to see them do, and I, unfortunately, I don't know if they're going to be doing it through a free agency or not. Um, but and that was to add almost like a I, I like I like to just call it a binky, adding a binky for for Trevor Lawrence, you know, kind of that that safety blanket, which mm-hmm. normally they'll find that in you know, big bodied wide receiver or a or or a tight end. Um, I'm pretty sure that New England has already taken all 37 free agent tight ends that are on the market. So So that might be out of the question. (laughs) I will say this though, if the Jag, you know, assuming the Jags take Trevor Lawrence, number one, overall, obviously Kyle Pitts is going to be gone within the next 10 to 12 picks uh, after that. So a tight end that a lot of people uh, are, but also aren't talking about because he is kind of raw is Brevin Jordan. This is a, this is a tight end in this draft class who I think could be very similar to a Mike Gusecki, a super raw, unpolished, uh, athletic freak who not great with blocking like Gusecki and could take him, you know, two to three years to develop into, you know, a really prominent tight end in the league. But he has all of the attributes and abilities to really excel. And I think Jordan probably could be the number, uh, probably number three, number four tight end off the board. But that would be a that would be an offensive weapon that I would personally would be looking at for the Jags, you know, to kind of give somebody like Lawrence just another weapon and a big-bodied weapon at that. They may be able to go out on the
1: cheap too and sign somebody like a Kyle Rudolph mm-hmm. and, and bring him Had in, has him as a be veteran. a short-term fix, yep. yeah, a, a veteran presence in there to just help inside the red zone and on the you know help move the chains at times. Not somebody that's really going to go out there and eat up a ton of targets, but just kind of be that like you
2: called him his binky. Right. And, and from what I've heard, you know, uh, Philly has, has announced that they've granted uh, Zach Ertz to go out and, and look for a trade. So, mm. you know, I mean, maybe he could say, hey, Buffalo, I'll see you later. I'm going to go hey, sign hey. with uh, with the young kid. Hey, yay. Why,
0: man? Why do you got to do this every time? You know, I give you an olive branch and you always spit it back in my face because I don't like olives. And who is this Binky character you keep talking about? Yeah, man? <laughs>
2: a Binky, a pacifier, like a. Man, I need I need your Bills fans, man.
0: You guys, give me your dictionary so I understand what the hell you're talking about. Next episode, gourds and
1: binkies. I mean, that's what we (laughs) should name this episode: is gourds and binkies. I love
0: it. I love it. <laughs> Did you see Tennessee today cuz or and, and over the last couple of days Tennessee's been making moves. And I, and I'm I'm actually pretty excited about this Tennessee defense all of a sudden minus the Adoree Jackson release. This was kind of peculiar because it was kind of we'll start with the, uh, the Adoree Jackson thing. They they release Adoree, but then they go and sign Jack Rabbit Jenkins. And and I don't understand this because this is kind of like a high-end deck chair shuffling move i mean and, and for my appetite i would have loved to have kept Adoree, dory but it had to have been more uh financials than anything uh to get it off the books but then also they sign uh, autry former uh, defensive end from indianapolis and then bud dupree gets the big contract so right off the bat they're changing and adjusting this defense to be a lot better than what they were last season even with Jadavion Clowney. but i mean a dory jackson I wouldn't have I wouldn't have dropped this guy even if I, I would have had to restructure before I would have
2: cut him I agree and yeah. I think I think a lot of it was was for money um because when you look at his numbers um, all right, so the one thing with the Dory Jackson so this past season 2020 I think he played like two or three games he had the, he had the injury um and he did struggle for the most part his his first two years in the league you know 2017 2018 I believe it was he struggled 2019 is when he really kind of started to show that that promise. And I don't want to say breakout, but that promise he was top five in the NFL in fewest yards allowed and fewest touchdowns allowed. He allowed one touchdown all season in 2019. And he's got, I mean, as far as being athletic and uh, his agility is absolutely phenomenal, really good change of direction. The one thing I will say with him is that he tends to be like some, like some young cornerbacks tends to be a little bit over aggressive. you know, and that's where he can kind of tend to get beat every now and then where he is still 25. He's going to be an absolute great pickup. I do think that with the Jackson, I think that for me personally, he's not a true number one corner. Um, I, I don't want to say he was overhyped, but I do think that he would benefit greatly from having either a real number one corner on the other side of him or having a solid safety or two behind him, you know, in case he does happen to get beat, you know, very much like a Malcolm Butler or an AJ Bouye. You know, those guys needed that extra support behind them in order to succeed.
0: I have the perfect solution. It's the Buffalo Bills.
2: I feel like every solution is the Buffalo Bills. But this one actually
0: makes the most sense.
2: Stop shaking your head because it's true. (laughs) A bunch of homers. Let's just, let's be honest
1: here for a second. The reason that the Titans are focusing on defense is because they lost a lot of their offense. I mean, no more John Smith, no more Corey Davis. Now all of a sudden, all the attentions on on AJ Brown and who's who's number two in the offense, Anthony Fursker. I mean, well, you're, they're going to have to. Adam Humphries, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, their way here in twenty twenty one is going to gonna be to run the football and to play good defense. Because mm-hmm. unless they go in the draft and pick up some weapons at the wide receiver position, this is not going to be the same Tennessee team from a year ago. I mean, it's just it's just not going to be. They lost a lot of firepower here this past you know week. And now I know we say it's Corey Davis and Johnny Smith. And a lot of people go now, oh. and they're not that great. No, but when you put them all together, that's what helped create what AJ Brown is. Now we already know AJ Brown's a man, right? Chris, he's a, he's a, he's a grown man. That is a grown
2: ass
1: man. Exactly. He is, but dude needs help. Dude's going to need some help at times. You know what I mean? And he's not going to have it right now, unless they do something crazy. I mean, do they go out there at number 22 in the draft and, and shock some people and, and take a wide receiver? Personally, I wouldn't hate it. They needed a pass rusher. You know, I mean, now they got Bud Dupree. I mean, I don't hate. What, what if we see somebody like a, a Jalen Waddle hmm. go to Tennessee?
0: That'd be, that'd be glorious. If I Jake would love Waddell's to see
1: something like that. that. I mean, hmm. now, obviously, we're fantasy guys, and it's all about offense for the majority of us. But, I mean, they're going to have a need there now. They need somebody else on offense, and they're making a bunch of
2: defensive moves because they know they're not going to be able to put up points as of right now like they did last year. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. I mean, you have, you have the Autry signing, the Dupree, obviously the big name there, Janoris Jenkins, who's, you know, most likely, obviously that replacement for Dory Jackson Jenkins. I don't mind. I do think it's a little bit of a downgrade from Jackson. Uh, and I say that because when Janoris Jenkins left St. Louis, when he left the Rams and joined the New York giants, he had a, I mean, he had a great first year or two with the awesome. New York giants. And then he, and then he just, I mean, I don't want to say he fell off a cliff, but he really did start to decline. And then when he joined New Orleans, he started to kind of get back to, you know, kind of, you know, being a, a solid cornerback. And and I joke when I say this, but I'm also kind of serious when I say that he's kind of gone from the the, the Jackrabbit to the Easter Bunny. So they they do still have some opportunities there in the secondary.
0: Disrespectful. How would you disrespect this man? Just kidding. I like it. <laughs> But that 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 rushing presence that they're gonna have is gonna be absolutely phenomenal. I mean, with Simmons, with Dupree, with Landry, I mean, it's just glorious. I like what I see on that defense. But we can't we can't leave a show ever without talking about our guy, fan favorite, Mr. Ryan Fitzmagic
1: Man. Dude, dude I wrote oh. it down on my list. While we were talking, I was like, "I got to bring up Fitzmagic." (laughs) You knew I was my only note, Chris. It's my only note,
0: you know. And if Fitzmagic is back, and we're all loving life, he's got the hamburger meat coming out of his shirt, you know. He's oh, it's fantastic, man!
1: I can't believe I just showed my video, my paper to a video on an audio podcast, but (laughs) I did. I had it written down. I listeners, it's there. I love it. I am. I am all aboard the Fitzmagic train in 2021 now. How can you not be? He's going to throw interceptions. Who, who cares? Who cares? You just get. <laughs> he's going to throw 18 to 20. Get sure. over it. Just sure. expect right. it. But he's also going to throw the ball a ton, and a lot of that's going to go towards Terry McLaurin, which we absolutely love. We love Logan Boom. Thomas in this offense. I actually think it kind of helps out Antonio Gibson. <laughs> Hair just because the defenses are going to have to focus more on the passing game, hopefully, open up more lanes, not being able to stack the box because they're going to have to worry about the guys on the outside. I think this does a lot for some of the younger guys in this offense. I mean, does anybody remember who Antonio Gandy Golden is?
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, but nobody, I mean, after the draft last year, everybody's like, yeah, I'm going to forget about him. That kid is super talented. If he can make a step forward this year, with the likes of Fitzmagic out there just throwing balls everywhere. I'm talking about balls just all over the place. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch with him with Ron Rivera.
0: Oh, man. I When I saw that happen, I actually literally cheered. I was alone, and I cheered because yeah. Fitzmagic, like you're saying, he's going to – Cam Sims. Okay, we're, we're kind of off the Stephen Sims bandwagon, but Cam Sims is a good wide receiver. He's a big guy. One and of the, the Sims guy, is going to be good. One of them is – yeah, one of the Sims. We're going to have a one Sims guy. <laughs> With 50 50 odds, man, a Sims is gonna be good, and we're gonna pick one of them. But I mean, Sims is a big boy, you know, he can he can take some pressure over the middle. Terry's going to feast all day long and you know, Fitz, it, he throws five picks in one game. Rivera might put him on the bench and then he comes back the next two, two snaps or two uh, series and he's going to throw a touchdown and then 200 yards. This is, this is what Fitz does and we've seen it for, for how many years now and I think this is the best move fantasy wise um, stability wise for the, for the Washington football team. I mean, I get it. I mean, you're, you're trying to find a quarterback, a franchise passer but I love this all day long for every offensive piece on this Washington football team
2: and i think one one thing that just hasn't been talked about enough i i i'm not going to say no one's talking about it because i can't stand it when someone goes out and says oh nobody's talking about this and it's like no people are it's just you just want to (laughs) listen so but one thing that people aren't talking enough about is the biggest beneficiary to the ryan fitzpatrick trade at his particular position and that's logan thomas at tight end all right We have Hunter Henry and John Smith going to new England. All right. Irv Smith in Minnesota. Yeah. He could or could not have a breakout season. We don't really know what the target share is going to be looking like. You know, a lot of people are talking about Adam Troutman, who I'm personally a big fan of Troutman. We don't really know what that offense is going to look like with Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. you know, under center. Logan Thomas is the biggest winner here. I mean, if anyone is primed for a breakout season, it's, it's Logan Thomas and I am all aboard. And you got to think about it too, this way.
1: So we talked about the interceptions are going to be there. One of the caveats to that though, is they have a great defense. Mm, so mm-hmm. Fitz magic can go out there and kind of be a little bit carefree because he knows that he's got a defense behind that. If he makes a mistake, they, they, they can stop the opponent and, and get the ball right back. It's not going to be a total killer. Now the downside to that is if the defense takes a step forward and is holding opponents to to lower points they may not have to throw as much mm. that's the one downside so I mean that's kind of where the interceptions may help you in fantasy because if they help you a pick six here or there is only going to cause him to you know throw more throughout all four quarters of that game you got to look at it as a fantasy move for us and, and it, it works all across the board on offense
0: I think it's funny that we're gonna be cheering for Fitz magic interceptions this year to yeah, keep yeah. the scores going, man. Yes,
1: that's what I'm talking about. Yeah,
0: because I, I agree, and I mean, garbage time is gonna be hard to find. I mean, and when we saw what what he was doing in Miami at the beginning, I mean, yeah, there was garbage time points to be had, and and I don't think there's gonna be, and 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 you know, Rivera's gonna do it in this division, especially. I mean, outside, if the Cowboys can't find their way back to fruition, I mean, Washington's gonna be right there, and I mean, I like it too. I I, I think Logan Thomas and, and Terry Terry. McC- i got so many shares of terry and dynasty that i can't even count Mm. anymore
1: i I don't i don't have that many dynasty teams to where i can count uh but unfortunately the number is zero so and there's like impossible to get the guy but you know riverboat ron has that nickname for a reason and and he got himself the gunslinging quarterback that's just a stopgap for a year it's not going to be the future but it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch to start
2: with yeah i'm excited
0: I i love it Aaron Jones want to touch on him a little bit because he goes back. He he could have got paid more on the open market. He goes back to green Bay. I had the opinion because I was kind of on the fence. I'm an Aaron Jones supporter. I don't dislike Aaron Jones. It is the body of work of, of why they, they limit his workload. And then that goes to show that his injury past and his injury history continue to be the problem where Coach Matt LaFleur says, you know, we're going to save you for the most important times, i.e. the playoffs. And and we need you at those times. And now Jamal Williams is not going to come back. Now it's going to be Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I don't dislike that whatsoever because now it's like your, your, your thunder and lightning that you're going to have in this backfield. But Aaron Jones, he doesn't go for the big payday. He goes for 48 mil on four years. I think it was only 13 million or a bonus signing bonus. I still haven't seen his guarantees. But this was, in my opinion, the best situation for Aaron Jones. And I think he noticed that, too, because if he went to somebody like Miami, I think they would have ran him into the ground and we probably would have never heard from him again. Yeah. The,
1: the thing with with Aaron Jones is if you look back at just last year, I love Aaron Jones, too. I mean, he's been somebody who I've had as a must have in years past and. Last year, I wasn't quite on board with it because of the split that we talk about. Aaron Jones is a running back who only had over 15 carries five times all of last year. Three of them were weeks one, two, and three. So that leaves the rest of the season only twice he went over 15 carries. And that's okay to a certain extent because of the efficiency, but he's kind of one of those guys that's going to go out there and you know get 145 yards in a touchdown one week. And then the next week, he may see 10 carries for 40 yards. And he's going to be a little bit Hard to, I don't want to say hard to trust, but it's going to be a headache every year, and he's going to get overdrafted again because now he'll be there. People don't believe in AJ Dillon, they don't see Jamal Williams there. He's going to go super high in drafts, and honestly, there's other guys in that same area that I may rather have because I really don't think a whole lot changes. The split's still going to be there, it's just Mm -hmm. not going to be with Jamal Williams, it's going to be with AJ Dillon now. If anything happens to Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon goes out there and balls out, does that mean that Aaron Jones loses his job? No, absolutely not. They just paid him way too much money for that to happen. It's his job, but he's still going to split carries and it's always going to be a headache.
2: Yeah. And it's, and like you said, Jake, it's the inconsistency that concerns me uh, the most because he is more or less, he is more touchdown dependent, you know, for those fantasy numbers. uh, Because yeah, he might have, he might go out and, and rush for, you know, 90 or 100 yards. And then the very next game, 32. Like and then you just see way too much of that so there's no there's no real consistency. There're just way too many uh, highs and lows and for me as a fantasy owner that's tough. I mean, you want somebody that's going to be able to, to you know game in and game out at least for somewhat be able to predict what their what their fantasy outcome is going to be. Now is Aaron Jones someone that's going to help you win a championship? Absolutely because of that touchdown upside. But if he doesn't get those touchdowns, if you know, he's if he say he only gets 8 or 9 touchdowns in a season, it's really going to hurt you because you don't know when that big rushing game is going to come and he will help you out in the passing game, you know, but again, it's, it's kind of hit or miss. So for me, and especially with, with AJ Dillon, you know, emerging now in his second season, I know they're going to be giving him more of a Jamal Williams type role. So don't expect that, that workload to really increase that much for for Aaron Jones in 2021. And here's the part that like worries me a lot. And
1: I tell this to people all the time in the comment section, because they're like, dude, Why do you hate Aaron Jones? He's gonna be he was top 10, he was top five last year. Why do you hate him?
0: Mm -hmm. I don't
1: hate him, but he scored the majority of his fantasy points in three games last year. It was week two. He had 168 yards rushing, two touchdowns on the ground, another 68 yards and a touchdown through the air. He had like 45 points in week two alone. If you make that a normal game, say you just give him 15 points which is still a solid performance and you take those 30 points away now he's not top five anymore so now we have to bank on a 50 point game in order to get a top 10 Aaron Jones that's the part that's scary you got what week 13 130 yards and a touchdown uh, week 15 145 yards and a touchdown the only three games all year long that he went over 100 yards everything else I mean I'm seeing 15 yards rushing 46 41 42 I mean I don't want that in the first round i mean it sucks because it's going to happen to somebody but it i just can't i can't trust it i I love the guys i love the the talent he just doesn't see the amount of opportunity that i think he should see but like you said if you give it to him he may not be able to handle it either
2: yeah that's that's one thing that, that worries me especially with that you know that that inconsistency is where his adp was last year you know he was going middle to the to the end of the second round in most 12 team leagues and That that, he was somebody that I wasn't, he wasn't a do not draft for me, but he definitely was somebody that I personally wasn't targeting, you know, towards the end of, of that second round. Um, I mean, granted there were, there were guys that, that performed either at his level or below his level that I personally would have rather had, um, Austin Eckler was one, you know, but of course we didn't know he was going to be, you know, getting injured for, for a lot of the season. Uh, but there were other names that I was looking at other than Aaron Jones. And I'm most likely going to feel the same way going into drafts this year don't buy touchdowns
0: yeah exactly exactly
1: it, if the guy scored 19 touchdowns in 2019 that does not mean said guy scores 19 touchdowns in 2020 that's if the always bulk a of,
0: yeah, yeah
1: if the if the bulk of points are coming from touchdowns that should be an immediate red flag for you because you can't bank on those coming back next year he still had 11 total touchdowns that's quite a fall off from the year before
0: yeah, and you see, my problem is, I mean, I get it. He gives you the PPR upside. I mean, it is there. The offense is still very powerful and strong. I mean, I think Green Bay was one of the top in points scored this year. So, I mean, that is major upside for him going back to this offense to be the top commodity. But where I am most fearful is that I think A.J. Dillon is, is that much of a, a – I, I want to say like a poor man's Derrick Henry. He he's not he's not at Derrick Henry's level, but he he's big enough that he will take the goal line carries away. And and the minute that it becomes a consistent basis where Dylan gets one carry, one touchdown, you know, two carries, two touchdowns that's when you're going to see Aaron Jones never see the ball inside the five yard line ever again. And and that's what terrifies me more than anything, because I mean, coach LaFleur hasn't proven that he is, he's willing to utilize his running back in the pass game within the red zone uh, outside of going uh, by the 20 yard line. Once you're inside that 10, we don't see that at all because it goes to now uh, uh, Devonte Adams and, and Robert Tanyan. So for for that it concerns me but I still believe that this was the best thing career-wise for him because if he went to Miami or something I think like I said they would run that man into the dirt
1: don't and don't also, forget I the, think the, from the, a, is the guy who didn't give Derrick Henry a full workload it's true yeah don't and also that. from a
2: from a winning perspective I mean if you want to if you want to be able to win games you know have a chance to you know compete for the NFC championship potentially go to the Super Bowl if you can over, overtake the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Green Bay gave him gave him the best option there yeah. Quarterbacks
0: that signed. Let's close this out with these two guys. Jameis Winston and Andy
2: Dalton. I mean, hold on a second. We have, a little- uh, we have, we have a special guest um, that is going to be entering the, uh, the, God, the podcast. Don't let him in. Don't I mean, let it's him too in. late I already. I kind of, I kind of oh, did you let him in and here Thanks. he is. Ladies and gentlemen, I made right. it. <laughs> Mr. Kyle Richardson, the four
0: horsemen back Are you still recording. Oh
2: yeah. We're about to touch on, uh, Jameis Winston. I'm so. not touching anything on Jameis That's none of my business. Even you don't want to. You don't legs? want to touch on his crab leg. No. Nope. Not even that one time.
3: Mm. Not okay. one time. Nope. Nothing. Just the, just the so. Am time. I allowed to? Am I allowed to hop in here? No. Well, you're I mean, you're in here. We're we're recording, sir. <laughs> no. Get out, man. I know you could have told me to just leave.
2: No. No, because Why all all the listeners would hear that we asked you to, or told you to leave, and then they'd be like, "Oh, you guys are jerks. Let him stay." No, I think they would laugh.
0: <laughs> yeah they probably would
1: chris just wants us to touch on quarterbacks
0: yeah let's touch on quarterbacks a little bit
1: do you keep saying the words touch on he that's how well, he used it and then chris like reemphasized it so now it's like a thing hmm.
2: so just touch on them what are your thoughts uh, on
3: on quarterbacks
2: James, James Winston, Winston How do you feel about James
3: Winston in particular. Okay. I mm-hmm. thought we were talking about everyone because I, I wanted to talk about Andy Dalton, but you know, you can whatever.
0: talk about Andy. I said, Andy or James. Oh, he's nobody else. He, he was, he was he next. He so yeah, absolutely. The red rifle hit him up.
3: James Winston. I mean, I hope to God <laughs> he's the starting quarterback. I can't, I can't take Taysom Hill with Alvin Kamara and, uh, and Michael Thomas. I just, I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. But I'm not I'm not a Bears fan either. So I know they're a lot more upset about Andy Dalton than I am at this point because they were like, oh, we're getting Russell Wilson. Yeah, part. I mean, they were already celebrating. And then you get Andy Dalton, which, you know, I realize. It's like basically like you turn on a fantasy headliner show and like you're expecting to see Jake and rem pops up and it's like
2: ouch! <laughs> and then you think to yourself how could this get any better this is amazing
3: <laughs> this is so cool uh i mean look that's at this when we guy lose look, viewers when they're like oh, it looks like rem got a here. new haircut i mean he looks
1: good good that's
3: the right <laughs> hey,
1: how about this though for for Jameis winston so right, before it goes totally off the rails and we start doing fire marshal bill impersonations over here like <laughs> oh we were in our God, chat earlier coming. uh at times, Sean Payton would sit a first ballot Hall of Famer for Taysom Hill to be in there for a series or two or time. What makes us not think he's just not going to do the same thing, if not more, with Jameis Winston? Jameis may start the game, but that doesn't mean Jameis plays the entire game this is literally going to be like a handcuff situation in new Orleans. And they mold, they both may eat into each other's value and not even be worth it. Either they're way. going to get the 140 million worse than
2: the Patriots are right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like what is, what is, what is the, the famous quote? You know, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks. And I think, I think Jake, I think you, you hit the, the nail right on the head with the fact that even with drew Brees, you know, at quarterback this past season, we saw a lot of Taysom Hill on the field, whether it was at quarterback or different positions, you know, cause he is kind of that Swiss army, army knife on the offense. And with Jameis Winston, yes, he's going to most likely start the games, but there are going to be times where he is on the sideline. And so that's going to be taking away from your potential, you know, fa- fantasy production there. So that's, that's what worries me. I do like the signing, uh, for Alvin Kamara specifically, because in the little time that that Winston was on the field when Breeze was injured. We saw just it was almost like check down Charlie for the most part. I and mean, he was just looking for Kamara all the time. And unfortunately, with Taysom Hill, he's like, Well, I'm the running back now. So Kamara, we'll see you later, buddy. Wait, yeah. you said who did you say? Did you say Hill was checking down to Kamara? No, no,
3: Winston. Oh. I was going to say, no, he would No, he wasn't. Cause that's <laughs> oh, oh, not what I said in my he'll, video he'll, earlier. I guess no, he pretended that
2: Camaro wasn't even on the team at that point. Yeah.
3: Yeah. No, it was, it, it was absolutely awful. Can I ask you a quick question? Is that really a quote? If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks.
2: Yeah. And I forget the I forget the coach that that said it, um, but I I heard it. I, I would hear it all the time in the broadcasts.
3: Okay. I'm going to need you to get the quotes on that. Okay. Because we need to make sure we're citing our sources. We will Kennedy. slightly
1: alter it and steal it if we can. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> and
0: Taysom, we'll just... Taysom gets $140 million, so I think he is the quarterback. He
1: doesn't get $140 million. Hey, man,
0: I only tell you what the contract says. I, I don't write it. That
1: contract's I just, I just a bunch reported. of. Fortunate.
3: I mean, House is the reported. contract guy for fantasy headliners. I feel he like is, I have to just listen to him.
1: Chow's, I mean, if if it, if it it's anything contract related, we all just automatically defer to defer. Chris. But
0: yeah, no, it's all incentive based. And then can cut them next year if they well, don't here's
1: want. Here's the thing there's two key words in that. I don't know if it was Schefter or Ian Rapport, whoever it was then is voidable years those Clickable, are two yeah. very important words in that deal because they can void him at any time and not so, pay him nothing
0: that, that's it so basically it's like a ten dollar contract yeah
3: you can void him. basically we,
1: he's like contract labor at this point
3: basically have we ever seen an offense that is like a 50 50 freaking split at quarterback nope. no no yeah. i feel like sean payton is a smart enough guy he's won a super bowl yes he's had drew Brees for a majority of the time But, you know, this is a Saints team that's turned over talent and brought new guys in. You know, Drew Brees is the only one that's really been consistent the entire time. So I feel like he knows I've got to make a decision here. I'm not going to be able to put Jameis Winston in for three plays and then Hill for two and then Winston for five and Hill for four and then Winston for one. And I mean, I don't I don't feel like he knows that he can do that. I feel like there's going to be it's either going to be what we saw last week couple of years where breeze plays 95% of the snaps and you see Hill come in and do these weird trick things and come at the goal line and stuff like that, or it's going to be Hill and you're barely ever going to see Jameis Winston. The good part about it though, is I think by doing it that way, it takes less or takes
1: more pressure off of Jameis Winston. So we could lower down that interception rate because he's not trying to force everything himself. Mm -hmm. He's kind of just put in a position to, you know, exceed or, you know, excel and not really be saying, Hey man, you got to go out there and throw it 60 times today for us to have a chance. The defense is still pretty solid. Taysom Hill can come in there, take off some of that pressure. We kind of saw it with Jameis last year, right. In his very little amount of playing time, he came in and didn't look half bad. Uh, I I just think that it kind of drops him down a notch and he may not be,
2: you know, fantasy football viable Jameis Winston from a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And I want to just quickly chime in uh, two things. One, the quote came from Mr. John Madden himself. Oh, hey, we can't steal yep. that crap. Nope. And uh, number two, just a little, little, uh, little free agency uh, news: William Jackson has signed with the Washington Football Team uh, for three years at forty-two million dollars. So I think that's a, that? that's a good pickup for for them in that that's secondary. A great pickup there,
0: man. And I mean that defense is just building. I love what they're doing on that defense, man. And Curtis that's Samuel's good. rumored to go to Washington right now. You see this? That would be
1: that would be straight up 100% boner alert.
0: Yep. With Ryan Fitzpatrick? Oh, my God. Yeah, Fitzpatrick
1: with Rivera already there with McLaurin on the outside. Excuse
0: me while I change my pants.
1: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) the the one thing that if Samuel
2: does go there, I think that it could possibly hurt Antonio Gibson some. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, which is is interesting because Antonio Gibson was a, a receiver converted to running back, but it was... Uh, it was JD McKissick that was getting all the, all the passing down work. You know, he was the, the main uh, receiving back there. So it'd be interesting to see what, what Gibson's, you know, workload looks like as a, as a receiver this season. I'm, I'm excited to see that. Mm, love it. Love free agency. This is the
1: funnest time of year. I mean, and, I, I said it in our group chat earlier, like when the season starts, the four of us, we talk, but we don't talk a whole lot because we're, we're always busy working. I feel like over the past like three four days, like our group chat between the four of us is like nonstop hilarious at times. And like, that's fun. Like this is the fun time where we can go in there and have some fun with it and, and, and have fun. Not with just with free agency and what's going on,
2: but with each other. But seriously, I haven't, I, I don't think I've gone a full 12 hours of hilarious Kyle in a long time. Yeah, like it was funny just, pros, it was from man. Sun up to sundown, just nonstop just it's gassers it's these
3: breaking news videos like i said the the blood has diverted from my head to other parts of my body um <laughs> so i'm not really seeing or hearing or listening straight right now so i'm a little bit funnier i guess but perfect you didn't even have to put a robe on to do it <laughs> no
0: <laughs> it's working whatever you're doing it's working
1: <sighs> what else we talking chris anything else you got anything else written on none of us have notes you know that
0: the only, you know, the only thing I want to touch is how the hell do the Rams have money? They they go and sign Dude. Leonard Floyd to a $64 million contract. They were in the hole $32 million just one day ago. The league year starts tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern. There's, there's some mafia stuff going on over there. Uh, I some, mean,
2: technically there's still, there's still 18 million over the cap. Now, granted, all those contracts that they restructured today will go into effect tomorrow. So I'm interested to see what that actual cap space number looks like come tomorrow when the new league year starts, because them, the, the Rams, the Eagles and the Saints were in a world of hurt more than any team I've seen in a long time, it's like 30 plus million dollars in hurt.
1: I mean, the Saints at one point, I, I, I contemplated opening up a GoFundMe for the Saints because it was bad. <laughs> uh, it was like almost embarrassing.
0: Bad. Yeah, you're talking 50 million plus, like just gross.
1: It's a hell of a goal on GoFundMe. I don't know if that's ever been raised on GoFundMe before. but You,
0: you could do it. I don't think I could. People like, <laughs> People like you, man. We could do no. it. Let's, let's set 50 up right million now don't... Everybody listening, man. Let's go fund us right now. Us.
1: Us, yeah. Yeah, we'll make a GoFundMe for us, not for the yes. Saints. I don't give two no. two craps about that. Oh,
0: I
2: thought you were talking about the Saints, and I was like, no, they're not going to do that. No, we're trying uh... to build something here, man. Fund us. Sean or...
3: McVay looks like a man, though, that Whoa. All, all he's got to do is just give someone the side eye and they're going to do whatever, ever what he wants or the stink eye for Chris. now, Now, when you say, when you say like people, do you mean like you, are you people? I mean, if Sean McVay came up to me and said, Kyle, come with me, be my side piece. I probably wouldn't say no. I mean, I would, I would go. I mean, Have you ever watched a game and not got lost in those eyes? Look at, I mean, he wears the hell out of those khakis.
0: You do know the show goes on iTunes now, right? <laughs>
3: yeah, people are gonna be like, ones who are not familiar with the channel, they're gonna be like, "Who in the hell is this weirdo? Why okay. did
0: they let this guy in? Kick him before, out!"
3: Before we get arrested for everything, let me just make sure I put a quick disclaimer in here. He's we of have- age. He's a consenting
2: adult.
0: Yeah, we put an mm-hmm. explosive. Uh, mark on <laughs> we it. put a warning yeah, on, on, on every
2: episode. There is a the, uh, ex- explicit warning on every oh. episode. So.
0: I wish I would have known
1: that about an hour and 10 minutes ago. We're
0: good. You want to drop an F-bomb just randomly? You can
1: do it. Through <laughs> the randomness? No, no. Just it's got to because... have meaning behind it. It's <laughs> got to have meaning. But we like to have fun with what we do. There's so many boring, monotone, let's talk about free agency type. Not to hell with all that crap. We're going to have fun doing this. We want to make it sound like we're talking to you know you guys, to, to our boys. We're sitting somewhere just having fun. That's what this is all about. So if you're brand new to this uh, hop on and enjoy the ride
3: because we have a lot of fun
0: welcome aboard. i
3: i believe that's basically what sean mcveigh says to me in my dream hop on and enjoy the ride oh. we're gonna have a lot of fun kyle Chris, you better end this thing. I'm ending
0: this right now because I can't even contain this anymore. Be like, man, will you make sure you give Cam Akers plenty of carries this year? talking right now because we are done. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time, all the listeners, we truly appreciate you. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.